Hi, and welcome to another episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. I am one of your hosts, Glenn McKay, a former executive director and current board member of Eagle Forum. And I'm Kirsten Hassler, Eagle Forum executive director. Today we're joined by Becky Gerritsen. She's the executive director of Alabama Eagle Forum. Becky, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You have done so many things. You're a military wife, a homeschool mom, you've lived abroad, you've testified before Congress, you've run for Congress. Uh, start out by telling us just a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Where'd you come from? I grew up in Colorado and got my degree in elementary education. I did my student teaching in Germany at Ramstein Air Force Base where my brother was stationed. And that is where I met my husband. So we got married and then moved around the world and we had a daughter named Shelly. I homeschooled her. And then everything was going well until I really started to pay attention to what was happening in the world <laughs> and was convicted and convinced that as a Christian, and I loved the Lord and I, I was always very patriotic, loved the military, of course, being a military mm -hmm. Air Force wife, but I was not engaged in politics at all. I didn't even watch the news. It, I just hated it. It, had, it was just too controversial and... I was busy raising my family mm -hmm. until one day I was at a conference, a Christian conference, and the speaker was talking about if you really care about this country and you care about our faith and you care about our culture, then you need to get active and you need to be paying attention. And the Holy Spirit just pricked me <laughs> right then. And from that day on, I started paying attention. I got excited about watching the news. I went back, reread about our history, and sort of just got a new take on where we need to go. And then a year later, we started the Wetumpka Tea Party in Alabama. Tell us a little bit about the Tea Party movement. I think sure. that, that because of the media, that's left a bad taste in some people's mouths. So talk about your motivation for doing that. The motivation really came in September before Obama was elected when we had the bank bailouts. That is when I really realized we are in serious trouble and our government should not be bailing out banks or car companies or anything like this. And so... Shortly after Obama was inaugurated, there was a rant by Rick Santelli on the stock exchange where he went on a rant about, do you want to pay your neighbor's mortgage who got in over their heads? And, and he went on to say, we need to have a Boston Tea Party, a modern day Boston Tea Party. And pretty soon, like the next week in February of 2009, tea parties began to crop up. So we got wind that outside of Montgomery, close to where I live, that Montgomery was going to have a tea party at the State House on tax day, April 15th, 2009. And we were planning on going. And one day my husband said, this was about a month before it started or five weeks before, he said, you know, we have a lot of old people that live up here in Wetumpka. We ought to just have it up here. They're not going to want to go down and fight the traffic and have to walk a million blocks. Let's do one at the park up here. So I have never done anything like this before. I went to a Republican meeting. Someone said, go to the Republican <laughs> meeting and tell them what you're going to do. I think they all thought I was crazy. I didn't even really know what I was doing, but I just said, hey, we're going to have a thing at the park. We got some great homeschool kids that are going to be speaking on some really neat topics. Just come out and it's going to be at noon on Tuesday. And then I got on the radio, which I have never done. I just called in to talk radio. I thought I was calling after hours. I was on live. <laughs> And my husband and our, my prayer was, just give us 50 people. We'll feel like it wasn't a failure if you bring 50 people. And that day, we had 460 people show up in our little community. That was like 10% of our community. 
came and we had the most amazing tea party ever. <laughs> and then from then on, we realized we need to do this every month. There are people that are hungry to know what is happening in our country. And so that began the Wetumpka Tea Party. So then what did you guys do? So we had, every month, we would have these little informational meetings. For example, we did one on cap and trade. That was happening at the time. Um, we did one, of course, on Obamacare. I rallied everybody together, and we went down and had a grandmas and grandpas against Obamacare <laughs> at our congressman's office. And the news came, and we just, every month, we would do some kind of educational program to help people understand what was going on in Washington because you really you couldn't trust the news all that much even back in 2009 it was the media was telling us it was going to be hope and change yeah. but we saw well it was definitely changed and not a whole lot of hope and it yeah. was changed for the worse I think I was first introduced to you when I saw testimony that you gave before Congress so how does someone from Wetumpka County Alabama come to a place where they're testifying before Congress that's a great question. Because we were doing all of these monthly meetings, we were raising money because we want we were running a website, we had materials that we were printing. We wanted to have people give us donations, but we didn't want to be doing anything wrong, so we thought we better apply as a 501c4 mm -hmm. organization. We talked to an attorney. Mm -hmm. So that's so a nonprofit. A nonprofit so that we can just raise money and then that money goes right back into the organization to keep it running. Right. We're talking about a couple thousand dollars max. I mean, this is not like we're raising a lot of money, but we wanted it to all be on the up and up. We're good mm -hmm. citizens, law abiding. Mm -hmm. And normally this process with the government takes about six weeks, eight weeks to happen. So we applied in 2010 for our tax status. This was during the Obama administration. Long story short, it was like three years wow. before we ever got approved. And it was not until we threatened to sue them I got a letter from Lois Lerner saying that they needed more information, that all the information I put on my application wasn't enough. It was enough, but they, they wanted more. So they wanted to know who our donors were, mm -hmm. if any of us were going to run for office, copies of all communication with legislators. They wanted to know passwords to our website. They wanted to know this incredible stuff. Well, I did not realize, but at the same time, Several hundred other organizations, just like ours, just small little local groups, were getting the same letters. So a friend of mine in Texas who was, had a group, she called me and she said, did you get a letter from the IRS? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, start calling everyone you know who's a leader <coughs> mm -hmm. and see who all got letters. Mm -hmm. And she said, we need to have a call with Jay Sekulow and the American Center for Law and Justice. Something's not right here. Mm -hmm. We got on a conference call with him and he said, I used to work for the, for the IRS and I know how these things work and they are doing you guys wrong and we will handle your case. So shortly after that, I was asked to come testify before Congress and tell my story of what the IRS did to us. And from my perspective, the things we were doing, we were talking about our country, we were talking about our founding, we were talking about limited government, mm -hmm. what makes good government, how to be a good citizen. And the people in Washington didn't like that at all. So that's how I ended up testifying before Congress. So what came of that? I testified in June of 2013, and our case was finally settled in 2017. Wow. And we won. The IRS did have to apologize. They did have to make some changes. They did admit that they did wrong. 
And again, it was hundreds of people, hundreds of organizations that they did this to. And so many more that as soon as they got that letter, they just said, forget it. I'm not going to try to pursue this. Right. And so they just And that was probably up. the end goal. Mm -hmm. so it was definitely the end goal. They wanted to stop us because that was happening during the election cycle. So they watched a huge wave of upsets. Um, in 2010. In Congress in 2010 because of the Tea Party. Mm -hmm. So then they just started... And we did our application right. after the big 2010. That's when we, yeah. mm -hmm, and they did not want that to happen in 2012. They had to do something to stop this tea party, which they said was so insignificant, right. but right. we know better. <laughs> so um, continue on with your story. What led you to finally run for Congress in 2016? I really felt a call by the Lord that that's what I needed to do. Didn't really want to do it at first, especially because... I love my family and I my daughter was just getting married and so it was actually I did not feel the peace to do it until she got married and then I announced about two weeks later that I was going to run so it kind of been in the back of my mind and we've been praying about it and talking about it and but I finally pulled the trigger and ran for Congress in 2016 I did not win but I love to tell people it was a fantastic experience and God called me to win he didn't call me, I mean, he called me to run, but he didn't call me to win. And sometimes God asks you to do things that may not turn out the way you want to, but it's his plan and it's, he had a purpose for it. And so much has come out of that since right. then. Right. Eagle Farms founder, Phyllis Schlafly, she actually ran for Congress twice. And I'm, I'm certain I'm going to misquote her, but she said something along the lines of, you either lose or you learn. So she was choosing to learn out of both of those scenarios. Absolutely. And it took a lot of courage for you to run. I mean, you weren't just running for an open congressional seat. You were a challenging, a yes. sitting female member of Congress. Yes. And let me just back up and tell you what an honor it was. Phyllis Schlafly in 2016 actually endorsed me for Congress. So that was, <laughs> oh, you know, that was just such a wonderful thing. But I, I did challenge a incumbent that had very low negatives people really liked her mm -hmm. um but she had a horrible record she as a, a republican, republican yes and, and she had a very very bad voting record and i didn't have a whole lot of name id yeah. but i gave it a shot anyway and did my best as a woman it's hard to put yourself out there in that way and i'm sure you got a lot of negative feedback i mean how did you process and deal with all of that actually it's kind of funny. I got a lot of positive feedback, mm -hmm. especially because we had such a tea party, a strong, the Wetumpka Tea Party was the strongest, the largest tea party in the state. And so people had seen a lot of the things we had done. They, they realized that I could be a leader and that I would stand on principle. They saw me fight with the IRS sure. and stand up to sure. them. So I really didn't have a whole lot of negatives mm -hmm. from the outside. I, I think probably a lot of people under their breath we're probably saying she doesn't have a chance in hell but I'm gonna vote for her anyway I don't know it was a very positive experience what was hard about recovering from that loss is I was so excited about going to Washington I really I wanted to be there I wanted to be in the fight I wanted to represent our district with our truly conservative values mm -hmm. so when I lost and I knew that was a pretty good chance that I, I may not win I was outspent like 12 to 1 mm -hmm. And after such a long fight, it was really a David and Goliath fight, it took so much out of me. Even though it was great on the campaign trail, when I lost, it was really hard. And it was really sad. And I just, what do I do now? And it really kind of took me 
a couple of years really to get over not that I was all depressed and everything, but really to find out, okay, God, now what? Right. Now what are you calling me to? And I kind of laid low for a little while, stepped back, just needed to recover because it really, campaigning as anyone has done it knows, it's really hard work. And I was really praying, what am I going to do, Lord? What You've given me so many contacts. You've given yes. me so many great abilities to be able to work for you. What do you want me to do? And at the same time, Alabama Eagle Forum, their executive director was pregnant and she was going to have a baby and she knew that she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So my friend, who's the president of Eagle Forum, Uni Smith, she said, hey, I'm looking for someone to be executive director. And I said, send me all the information. I will find somebody for you. (laughs) And I never got the information. A few months later, we're talking again and she says, oh, and by the way, Deborah's had her baby and you know, we really need somebody to to fill this position. And at the same, I've been praying all these months and this conversation comes back again. I said, okay, send me, I never got the description of job description, (laughs) send it to me and I'll see what I can do. And I read through that description and every single thing on there, I was like, that's me. That's me. That's me. I can do that. I like to do that. That's me. And I called uni. I actually, I wrote her a letter and I said, I don't know if you want to hire me. And I don't know if I want to go to work because I really like being in control of my own schedule and everything. And I said, but this job is so me. And then she wrote me back and she said, let's talk about it. And so in January of 2019, I became the executive director and I have not looked back. We are having so much fun. It's very hard work, but it is the best. And so now I'm at the legislature while we're in session. I'm there every day and I'm looking at these bills and writing bills and talking about all kinds of crazy issues. So back up just a little bit. Tell us um, kind of how Alabama Eagle Forum functions and what you're doing, how other people can be involved. Eagle Forum of Alabama was started in the early 70s, but the crazy thing is it's almost an all-volunteer organization. We have one and a half paid staff members. That's Mm -hmm. it. So everything we do, and we do a lot, it's all with volunteers. So it really takes committed people. Mm And it's certainly not just me. It is a team of people that Uni Smith, our president, has put together. And she has been running for decades. She's been bringing in new talent and new people and changes on the board. And she's just really good at picking her teams. And then I've been trying to pick new teams as well. So, for example, we have a Teen Eagle program that is really ramping back up and we're starting new chapters across our state and our new Teen Eagle director is a former homeschool mom and she is just amazing and now she's writing bills she's she's doing so much so any state can run like that it just takes someone really committed and to see the vision of where where you want to go so as an Eagle Forum state chapter what do you fight for the whole purpose behind Eagle Forum, and especially as you guys know, but Eagle Forum of Alabama, is we're fighting for the family. We want to cultivate families. We want to make strong families, which makes strong communities, which makes strong states, which makes a strong nation. <laughs> and so lately, some of the things we get involved in a lot of education issues. We've been fighting Common Core. I was fighting Common Core with Eagle Forum and right. my Tea Party be- right. way back when. But um, we fight we go to the school board meetings and we watch what's happening and we look at the legislation that has to do with education. We have a transgender bill coming out this year that's going to ban doctors in Alabama from performing any 
procedures like surgeries, Mm -hmm. cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers on minors, because we are seeing 13-year-olds in some states, 13-year-old girls are getting mastectomies, Mm -hmm. 16-year-old boys are getting castrated. This should not be happening in our country at all, but it certainly is, we're going to do everything we can to not let it happen in Alabama. Sure. Pornography is another big issue. We've got a bill that we're, this human trafficking is just exploding. And the fuel for human trafficking is pornography. Mm. Pornography has been around for decades, and of course it's been a problem for decades, but we are seeing just a phenomenal explosion in human trafficking, and we can point it to pornography. So there will be a nationwide push to have pornography declared as a public health crisis like they did for smoking and lead paint. And if Alabama's resolution will be the 16th state, we want to encourage other states to bring forth resolutions like this so that at the national level, it will be easier to get a national federal declaration because you've got all these states that have already mm-hmm. done it. Yeah. Kirsten and I and uh, the other host of this podcast, Tabitha, we all have little boys um, mm-hmm. that we're trying to raise to be good, solid men. What advice do you have for moms when it comes to the porn issue? We know mm-hmm. it's an issue, but it just seems almost impossible to keep them from it, especially with the technology that we have today. That is such an important question, and I'm so glad you asked. I recently found a wonderful book. It's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and there's a junior version. And I now have uh, two grandsons and another grandchild on the way. And this is a really sweet book, but it tells moms, you read it to your kids, cute little pictures and everything, and it helps you Tell your child, because you know they are going to see something bad, right. whether it's on your own computer, right. the mom's computer, right. or her phone, or the TV, a friend, or, or a TV. Right. They the will see. It's everywhere. They might see it in the grocery store. Right. This book gives them a technique on what happens when they see a bad thing. Oh, wow. That they look away. They're supposed to turn and look away. They're supposed to go tell. They're supposed to run away. How this worked out, I got this little book. So worth it. I encourage everybody to buy it. But I bought this book and sent it to my grandson. And my he loves it. He wants it read over and over. <laughs> well, a few months later, I'm. they live in a different state. So I don't get to see him in person sure. all the time. But we're together. We're watching a football. We're doing a puzzle on the floor. But the football game is going on behind me. And I notice all of a sudden a commercial had come on. And I noticed he, he turned away from the TV. And he was looking over at the door at the other side of the room. And I just was watching him for a minute. And I said are you expecting someone to come over because you keep looking at the door? And he said, no, it's a bad picture. Wow. He saw a monster drink commercial that had a scary image. It wasn't pornographic, Mm -hmm. but it was scary. And he knew immediately he had control and he could turn and get away from it. And he, then he told me there was a bad picture. And I thought this technique really works and this is important. And young moms need to teach your child that you have control and mm-hmm. you don't have to watch something that's put in front of you. You And you shouldn't. If it makes you uncomfortable, if it makes you scared, you should turn. So as moms, you can give them that tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful book that I got is called I Don't Have to Choose. And it's about transgenderism. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute, written for little kids, has really cute pictures. But it talks about X and Y chromosomes and what makes girls girls and what makes boys boys and how some boys like to cook and play with dolls it doesn't mean they're a girl right Mm -hmm. 
And some girls like to play with dirt and trucks, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean they're a boy. You wow. can still be the sex you are and like to do mm-hmm. different things. So my grandson now lines up his stuffed animals, and he names them all, who's XX and who's XY. So I was on the phone with him the other day, and we were talking, and his mom gets on, and she says, so what is, my name is Mabu, as the grandma. He says, she says, well, what is Mabu? Is she XX or XY? And he said, oh, she's XX. Wow. Like, I've been at yeah. three years old. Yeah. He can go to the store, and he can say, she's XX. That's an XY. Training them young, and it's medically sound. Yeah. It's the truth. It's science. It's not some touchy-feely, it changes from day right. to day. And it's something you can rest your head on. So those are two resources I would just yeah. give very to any helpful. young parent. Those are very practical. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and this Good Pictures, Bad Pictures has an, an older version for 7 to 11-year-olds oh, wow. about what to do when they see things. And that's the age that their first porn is probably going to be in that age range. So it's important that you arm them ahead of time. We'll make sure to post links of that um, in our social media and on our website. Thank you, Becky. We are so fortunate to have your leadership and the leadership of uni. That's one of my favorite aspects of Eagle Forum is that we are multi-generational, intergenerational. We appreciate each other. We learn from each other. um, And that is how we can be most effective. So thank you for being with us. Um, And thank you for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion with Becky. You can uh, be sure to follow Alabama Eagle Forum on Twitter, and you can find Becky's uh, public profile on Facebook. Please be sure to subscribe to Engage and follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.